Your entire existence depends on your ability to talk. Well, exactly, and this just makes me feel rotten. Like we've got some pretty big training this week uh, with one of the leading Scottish councils, which I'm meant to be running, and it's new training. We've never done it before, and I just want to stay in bed and I don't know watch. I don't know why cartoons came to mind, but cartoons. Get your lemsips. Get your stimulants. If Trump can make it through a day. You can make it through. Well, okay. exactly. I, I must say, I that am. That guy's dying on his feet. I'm using uh, today's work shirt as a tissue. <laughs> oh, uh, so huh? please excuse me if I sound but, but blocked you, up because you, I am. You say you're using a shirt as a tissue? Yeah, yeah, man. And that wasn't like a notable thing? <laughs> well, no, I wasn't using it during work. I'm using it now. Well, you don't have tissues? No, I, well, no, I don't. I'm like, the shirt's going in the wash. It smells. Get yourself some tissues. I smell. Still, it's still, you never know, Clay. You might wake up in the morning and put the wrong shirt on. No, well, no. I, I, I've crumpled it you, beyond you, belief. You come back here next week and let us know how that goes. And tissues, like, irritate my nose and I get all, like, dry skin and I look terrible. All right, so you use a fabric softened shirt that is skin friendly. You should get yourself some handkerchiefs. I see the point you, are, you have made. And have decided that actually that is probably wise. I'm currently throwing the shirt in the corner. You, you get yourself some handkerchiefs. My shirt. Shirt's in the corner. I see, I think I do have one. Somewhere. But again, it's just going to be like something that's gone through the wash countless times. I'll buy a nice one and I'll, I'll embroider your initials on it. Oh, that would be lovely. For 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 your happy April. What be you? That'll be, it'll be ready for April. Uh, what about you, James? How's things? I'm good. Uh, I've, I've, had, I've had pretty low work hours, which has been nice because... The two months up till the new year are always super busy, so it's nice to wind down a wee bit for a month. Hey, you're actually getting to, to like I, relax and do things you want to do. Well, I, uh, yeah, I've done loads of wow. stuff and it's, it's, it's pretty excellent. I highly recommend relaxing. I look forward to hearing about the number of animes you've watched. Oh, I, I've watched all kinds of things, not just animes. <laughs> wow. Looking forward to it. I also have read. That's always nice. And I've snacked. That's what I do when I'm free. If I've got free time, I eat. A snack. Do you know what I had last week for the first time ever? A snack? Tofu. Oh, oh, all right. And I'm not really, I'm still not really sure what it is, but all I know is it, it came out like scrambled egg. I didn't make it, by the way. Thanks, Graham. Graham made it for me. Right. Uh, and yeah. it was it was super tasty. I was like, I'm not really sure what this is or what it tastes like, but I'm going to I'm gonna be a, a good boy and eat my dinner. <laughs> and it was really good. So there we go. It came out so it came out like tiny wee bits, not like it wasn't chunks. like a, it wasn't like a solid block of tofu. No, it was right. like but then it's basically it's going to be similar to just like eggs. I then, did not yeah. know. I don't even know what it is. I still don't know what it is. Like soy. But what is that? A, a grain. <laughs> uh, it's oh like what, it's like it's like anything else. It's just something a weird a weird paste that has been somewhat solidified. You're really selling this. Yeah, most foods are just some sort of weird paste. Well, you ever thought about that? The weird paste that looked like egg was really tasty. Like most, most like burgers are just like meat paste. <laughs> Scrambled eggs is just egg paste. <laughs> That's true. I have found a cloth. That'll do. That's less strange than a shirt, okay. than a full actual shirt. One thing I will give you, or if you use a shirt, is you get more surface area. So if you've got a particularly uh, snotty nose, 
you, you don't you won't have to use multiple uh, items. Well, exactly. You can just move it a wee bit. I'm just thinking of the planet here. I'm just thinking of Greta. Maybe what we all need to do is buy ourselves a snot shirt. <laughs> Instead of tissues, we should all have a shirt that we exclusively use for those days that we need to be blowing our nose a lot. I think this is a, a business idea waiting to happen. But the problem is, if you tried to sell it, people would think that it's an item that you wear as well as use for blowing That's your nose. That's very true. I want to. I want to state clearly: No, okay. I am not encouraging you to wear snotty clothes. That's true. Unless you're a toddler and you can't help it. Okay, well, that's that's a, an item to be revisited on a future Seesaw Parade where we discuss how to actually monetize this thing. Seesaw Parade, Snot Shirts, yeah, coming episode, soon. Episode 300, Snot Shirts, <laughs> finally real. Right, welcome to Seesaw Parade, episode 190. 10 away from 200, James. It's getting, it's getting big here, getting close. Forget the big. That's the number that matters, is how many things you've done. Do you know how? Uh, do you know we passed our fifth anniversary this past week? I do, because you tweeted it at me. Well, it was actually Ross Cray who tweeted, tweeted it at me. You tweeted Ross Cray's tweet at me. I, d- I did. Or at least that's how I got it. So he, he essentially tweeted to us, happy anniversary, replying to a tweet that I posted on the 16th of January, 2015, which said... See, that's a bit easier to remember. Yeah, now. started a new podcast today, bit of fun more than anything, but give it a listen. Oh, man. I, I, I bet everybody that did regrets it. Well, so I I attempted to listen to it, and after no. genuinely two minutes, I thought I can't listen to this. <laughs> no, we mustn't. We mustn't go back to those days. No, no, indeed. But thank you, Ross, for pointing that out. It did make me feel very old. It made uh, it puts everything into perspective when you realise you've been doing something for for five years. <laughs> We're doing such a good job. We've done less than four years worth of content. <laughs> such a good job. Uh, this, of course, is. Uh, the podcast that happens, your new favourite podcast, the least old podcast in Scotland. It's actually, it's the newest podcast in the, it's the newest podcast in all of the world. It is exactly. There's not a podcast that's more recent than this one. And uh, I'm Colin, and I have a cold, and that's James. Yeah, I'm doing well. This might be the first time that I've got ill before you did this year. I've, yeah, I've not been too unwell. Tell you what, I did get myself a good case of of tonsillitis, but that wasn't Ooh, relevant. I've had that all the time. Nasty. Are you at the stage now where you can request them no. to take them out? No, it's not. I never get it severe enough to get it counted towards. Ah. They, apparently they want it to be like a certain level of severity before they count it towards the number of yeah. times you need to have it before you get them taken out as an adult. I think it is like a ridiculously high number of times, like five times in a year. Yeah, or, or it goes lower the, or the more you have it. So if you've had it for three years, it becomes like just twice over three years. But right. it has to be like a particularly invasive case or something a particularly bad one and because i just get like a good long mild spell i had tonsillitis for a week in 2014 and it is without doubt the worst illness i've ever had it was horrendous it's pretty bad i'm pretty oh. used to it now <laughs> although it did let me uh, finish breaking bad in the space of a week so there was that too i don't know as as you as it has not affected my podcast recording abilities that's good to hear i'm sure the listeners will be uh, thrilled to hear it too of course if you have anything to add to our conversation today or in any previous episode you can get in touch uh, we will tell you how to do so later now james uh, most weeks on seatop parade when we were doing it in a regular fashion we keep up to date with the with the news and then of course when we take some time off we miss really big we stuff we miss like a billion news yeah this is one of the, one of the weird weeks where actually we have come back but but not really much has happened since last yeah, we, week so we've been away for one week we're doing we're doing a good job and the world didn't really do anything so 
uh, in lieu of the world not doing anything, myself and James have done quite a lot. To the extent that I have four movies, all of which, bar one, have been nominated for various Oscars. Uh, James, because he watched you them. have watched three things. Because you've watched those films, they got their nominations. Yeah. Uh, James, you've watched three things. You have a list. You have a list well, there. You see, that's a lie. Actually, I want to. There's three things in the run order. Right, but you've watched more than that, have you? A lot. Okay. All right. Well, of the of the four things in mine, all of which are movies. Which one would you like to hear from first? Uh, 1917, please. 1917. Okay. So let's let's kick off this week with. 1917, it is the current favourite for Best Picture at the Oscars. It is the World War One tale directed by Sam Mendes, who did uh, Skyfall, amongst other things. He's a British dude. And the big uh, gimmick of 1917 is that it looks like it's been done in one take. Because they're clever like that. Let me just I'll address this first of all before I give you my, my bigger summary. Yeah. If you are looking for the joins, yeah. which I was, yeah, you'll see them. But I mean, yeah, who they, can resist looking? It's but it's it's very it's very easy things. For example, they're walking along uh, trenches and then they go into one of these underground bunkers and it goes black for half a second, full black. So it's full it's black, little yeah. things like that, or perhaps somebody walks past the camera. Yeah, just blotting out the scene for one, like a, a couple of frames. Yep. So it's very subtle. Mm, yeah. If you're looking for it, you'll see it. No, if anything ever crosses the frame and like top to bottom, it's a hidden cut. Yeah. So in terms of how they've done that, it is very subtle, and only if you're if you're really looking for it, will you notice it. It is. It is a fantastic achievement in terms of uh, the way the story is told. Uh, yeah. I was reading that they were choreographing and rehearsing it for six months before they went into shooting, which I can well believe. All right. And in terms of how of the finished article, it is excellent. It is a really it is it is a it is a tense film without being I'm grabbing the the arm the what's the word? The arms of my seat. The chairs of my arms. Yeah. I'm not grabbing the chairs of my arms. It's hardly like I'm grabbing the seat because I'm so ridden with tension. No. But of course there's drama. You're not puckered. There is... Uh, what 1917 has really going for it, and you'll have seen this in the trailer, it has some very high-profile cameos. And that's all they are. They're cameos. They're Colin Firth, for example, is in it for one scene. Yeah. Probably a total of two minutes. Uh, He's big boss man. Benedict Cumberbatch also in it for maybe maybe ninety seconds. Yeah, and then his head explodes. It's <laughs> insane. <laughs> the rest of the film is held together by these two performances. One of which is Dean Martin Chapman. Or was he Dean Chapman who played King Tommen oh, yeah, yeah. in Game of Thrones? You'd recognise him. He's he's a bit chubbier now than he was. Oh. Uh, those two performances, the central performances, are tremendous, and. Step by step, as they're getting towards the conclusion of, you know, you need to make it to this point before they all get killed by the Germans, it does ratchet up the tension. And although you know it's going to work out, you still are rooting for the character and you're unsure as to how it's going to play out. It is a an excellent story well told. If it wins Best Picture, I'm okay with that. I don't really think it should because there's been better films than that. But it is... Uh, very enjoyable. A solid 8 out of 10. Four stars. Oh boy. That's a that's a pretty good review. I wasn't expecting it to actually be that good. It is good. So I'm pretty pleased. I mean, t- like technically, I'm watching it thinking, how on earth did you do this? 
you know, how are you going from walking behind the characters and then as soon as they take a left to go around this huge lake, the camera is now gliding over the water and then it's currently in front of the characters walking in front of them again. It's, in terms of a technical achievement, it's incredibly impressive. Yeah. Uh, and, okay, okay f- fine, Birdman in 2015 did the whole one-shot gimmick already, but here, yeah, it really does lend itself to the story they're telling, which is, it's a race against time, and that is what the film shows. Is there, is there an Oscar for camera handling? <laughs> no, but there may be some technical... Like, I don't mean cinematography. I so mean... Roger, Roger Deakins did the cinematography. Yeah. and He's done a lot of things in the past. I'm unable to remember any of them. He may well have done The Martian. <laughs> Uh, so I would, yeah, absolutely. Either directing or some cinematography or both of them, they've got a very good chance of winning. Right, James, enough about... I mean, no, technical achievements they'll get. I've got one last question. Okay. Have you heard anyone refer to it as 1,917 yet? No. Because I really want to really hear that happen in, in the wild. I, I, I would be amazed if if anybody ever did but uh, it's too early to say, James. Somebody may it's make that dream. blunder about 1,917. It is my dream. Okay, James. Someone uh, will do it someday for me. Okay, I'm. Uh, you just you pick one of your three. I can see you've got three names on that list. Oh yeah, uh, why don't you pick one? Let's hear about Wonder Woman because this film came out. Oh yeah, no, I watched that like two years ago. Yeah, right. I- I'm watching lots of like older stuff as well as newer stuff, and let me tell you, Wonder Woman still falls flat on its face in the third <laughs> act. Okay, <laughs> right. So. <laughs> If you rec- yeah, you'll rec- remember my review, which was I liked it up until the end. Yeah, it just gets really bad at the end. Like I was interested. It was kind of just normal, cheesy, nothing really special. The new character, like all the characters, were like their own versions of shallow and interesting. I don't think they did anything too deep or too incredible. Uh-huh. Um, but it was at least a passable film that looked really nice, um, with not not a single surprise. And then the end comes along and they try to surprise you and it's just it was just a big light down. They're like, I'm the bad guy. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. Why are you why? And you realize they've got a sequel coming out in about three months, right? Yeah, this is one of the reasons I, I watched it, because I thought maybe I'll see ah. it the next one. Um but I, I'm not really keen <laughs> at this point. Like I get it. And they're tying it into the modern world it was done relatively smoothly. But the end was just so yeah. dry and boring. Another nighttime, smoky, fiery CGI Attempting battle. to smash each other with bigger things. Yeah. I'm, t- like I, I'm so tired of big CGI battles in dark environments. Okay, let me ask then. But I get it. They have to do it. Because if they did it in day environments, the CGI would look even worse. <laughs> right. Let me ask, James. With the sequel coming out, what do they need to do differently compared to this one you've just seen? Well, realistically it's going to be just as bad but if we lived in the dream world where studios don't get overbearing and over involved just do something adventurous and interesting with a little, little bit of like will it be successful or not risk because this is just formulaic nonsense okay and i don't want a big cgi boss fight at the end just make it something good okay james let's uh let's move on my next three which would you like to hear bombshell just mercy or marriage story just mercy just mercy okay just mercy is jamie fox and Michael B. Jordan yeah. in a courtroom drama based on a death row inmate in Alabama who is innocent. Mm-hmm. Now, whilst this perfor- whilst this film has some tremendous performances, both Jamie Foxx, Michael B. Jordan and Brie Larson are all very good. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Tim Blake Nelson, who plays another incarcerated felon. Uh, who he, he, he gives a very committed performance. Anyway... Um, 
the film is is fine because it just plays out like every other courtroom drama you've ever seen. Yeah. So there's hurdles, there's intimidation, yeah. there's bad cops, there's crooked judges, there's a bad court system, there's Rafe Spall doing a bad southern accent. Oh, no. And then, of course, there's the big <laughs> finale and he gets free. And there's a big CGI boss fight. Sorry, spoiler. There's, there's no CGI boss fight, sadly, James. <laughs> the judge is like, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> the, the film, in my eyes, the film is going for the big Oscar bait it's it's going for hey pick us we're we're giving our giving our all to the performances but it's just missing something because i've seen this film i've seen this film countless times yeah it's offering very little that's new or fresh okay great it's got some tremendous performances but if that's all you can say about it it's just missing something so all good well done everybody you did you did very well but nah yeah i wonder if there is much more we can expect from like courthouse films films of trials and stuff and it's, it's because you know how it's gonna go but even then you can they can usually find an interesting way of presenting it but i feel like we've reached all of those as well we've seen it we've seen court films from every single possible person's perspective yeah and it's it's also telling this a well-worn story of somebody innocent on death row who ought not to have been there and somebody gets off and then it ends with the title card of for every nine inmates on death row, one is innocent. Yeah, which is which is terrifying. It is. It's awful. A horrible rate of error, but I've seen I've seen all that before. So you know, it was it was fine. It was fine. But that's all I'd say about it. Yeah, and fine's good. I enjoy a fine film sometimes. Right, James, hit me with uh, with your second. Oh, which one is the second? Um, you go for the one that I can't see. It looks like mushy. Mushy she. Yeah, that one. Colin, I watched an, I watched an anime. Well, what? No way. I know. Granted, I finished this one a wee while ago, but we didn't record for a while, and then I talked about a different one last week. Uh, this this one is episodic. It's not got a grand overarching story. We're following... Uh, oh, can you hear my wee cat? She's yelling at me. That was a very loud meow. I think she wants her dinner, but she's like an hour, an hour ahead. Anyway, we're following the main character um, around as he solves problems for people. He's got a similar job to a wandering doctor, but he kind of deals in a more mystic thing. I don't really know how to describe it, but he's investigating um, or he's diagnosing people who have interacted with beings outside of normal human nature. Right, okay. Um, it is a wee bit hard to describe, but like so, cats not included. Cats, cats are now included. So there's just a like there's a third like there's flora and there's fauna as we all know in real life, and then in this TV show there's a third that only some people are able to see. But if you accidentally interact with them, weird things can happen to you, like your limbs can turn to wood. Wow! Or you can have like um, dire accidents. You can get stuck in a wee alternate pocket universe and things like that and we're watching this guy go and try and help the people that are in these situations okay but it's deeper than that it's not just like he goes and does his doctor thing he's not house but on the road it more revolves around the stories of the people that are going through it and we get to hear about their family history uh, their current um, situations delve into their character a wee bit and genuinely to, to have a show that so successfully gives you 25 minutes of tv to to develop full-fleshed characters 
for new for new ones each episode. It was pretty amazing, and I, I really like the show. And its soundtrack was incredible, and its animation was incredible. But I feel like those two are just kind of rules for good anime. They're always going to look beautiful and sound beautiful, way more than yeah a Western media will. Western media more focuses on just dramatic story, I think. So is, is this a series? It's a series. It's, is there more to come? I, I don't know if they're doing more. It was it was a series, 20-something episodes long. And just the uh, imagination behind it is incredible. Either that or they're relying heavily on actual folklore, which which is also great. I like it when you do that. These, these feel like things that you would tell your kids okay yeah to teach them like life lessons like don't go swimming out in the river too long or don't do drugs <laughs> you don't go wandering in the hills in your own uh, don't get pregnant yeah don't underage drink unless i'm with you overseeing you don't be gay that is the life lesson that we are all taught <laughs> <laughs> okay that's really interesting right. actually mushy mushy she mushy she it is it is one of the most beautiful um, TV shows I've seen. It, it does seem to be a theme of the animes. Uh, okay, right, I have limited experience, but I would agree. No. It is beautifully done. Yeah, well, yeah. And you can watch the films to get that as well. All the Ghibli films that come out, they became pretty popular even in the West, just because yep. they've got a very different feel. And I, was, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but there was this the one big thing you'll realize is that their use of music is far more suggestive rather than telling you how to feel. Yeah. It's they they they'll leave long long spaces of silent, um, soundtrack, but just ambient noises and that, and then some music will come in to interact with it. Whereas, like all of our our animated films and all of our actual films, you just have constant, exciting music to keep you on your on your toes and to keep you excited. And mm-hmm. when we get a quieter film, it feels weird. I'm going to go grab my cat. <laughs> <laughs> She's giving her own soundtrack to that review. Yeah, that's what that's what we need. Ambient noise. Right, James, that leaves me with two, Bombshell or Marriage Story, both of which are uh, getting all the Oscars. Please tell me about Bombshell. Bombshell, okay, Bombshell is the story of Roger Ailes, who was the head honcho at Fox News, uh, who in 2016 was taken down by all the women coming forward accusing him of sexual harassment and sexual assault. Uh, The film stars Charlize Theron as Megyn Kelly, who, if you remember, Donald Trump accused of bleeding out of her whatever. Mm-hmm. You've got Nicole Kidman playing Gretchen Carlson, who was the Fox and Friends host and then was moved to a afternoon slot because she was complaining about Roger Isles, and then she eventually got fired. And then you've got Margot Robbie, who I believe is playing a fictional character. Is, is this one of those, this fictional character is representing like 50 or 60 other people that were in the real story? Yes, yes. So Margot Robbie's character has an interaction with Roger Ailes, who's played by John Lithgow, played very, very well by John Lithgow. John Lithgow's very good. So Margot Robbie's been given a supporting actress nod. Charlie Theron has been given a best actress nod. Right, yeah. And I believe the film is up for a couple other categories. I'd say, first of all, give the Oscar to Charlie Theron. Ooh. She is phenomenal as Megyn Kelly. It's It's... <laughs> as opposed to doing an impression of of Megyn Kelly you at times believe you are watching Megyn Kelly right yeah she yeah, is yeah. phenomenal in this role actual good acting margot robbie again i get sometimes i forget that she's australian <laughs> oh, and yeah. you know she is playing californian god-fearing trump-supporting republican mm-hmm. 
And she and she is excellent. She is excellent. I do believe there have been better performances this year. Scarlett Johansson and Jojo Rabbit, I would say. However, she does she's well worthy of this this performance. The film itself, this is this is the problem I have with the film. It can't decide whether it wants to be a comedy oh. or a drama oh. or have as it does several times throughout the film, the breaking the fourth wall, talking directly to the camera. Oh, right. They can't decide if they're a fourth wall breaker. And it, it can't have it both ways. So, for example, Charlie's Theron directs the opening five minutes, maybe four of the opening five minutes, straight to the camera, explaining everything in Fox News. Like, here's the different floors, here's where everybody is, yeah. um, here's where I am, here's this person, here's this person. And there are just a couple of times throughout the film after that in which the the actresses, the characters, look dead to camera and make some sort of comment. Right. But it it does it too infrequently for it to be like the big short, which was stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, fourth wall breaking, commentary on the situation. It's it's too infrequent to take you out of the film and then suddenly you feel like you're back watching a drama again. Yeah, you kind of forget that it's doing it and then it does it and it's like a jarring moment. Yeah, absolutely. So it, So for me, it couldn't decide what it wanted to be. It was either going to be, this is a rip-off of The Big Short, where they take a very serious story and essentially explain it for the dum-dums who are watching it, which includes me, by the way. Which most of the audience, to be fair. Yeah, and it did it so well. And, and whilst it was telling a serious story, it was also a comedy. Whereas Bombshell, because it is dealing with um, arguably a much more serious and more human uh, story, I don't think you can make light of it. And, well, no, you can't. Certainly not with Roger Ailes and the accusations he had. And some of the things he asked the girls to do in the in the film, and as you can look, you can look this up, it's, it's all over the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel tonally it's all over the place. The film misses the mark. And whilst it has, similarly to Just Mercy, whilst it has some tremendous performances, some of the best of the year, the film as a whole just doesn't work didn't work for me i enjoyed it but uh, no yeah. it, it was aiming for it was aiming for the bullseye and it gets like a triple 12 Wait, that's what i'd say all right are the triples like far away from the bullseye aren't the triples far well, away from the bullseye <laughs> i have no idea james i just picked an arbitrary right. number uh well yeah i suppose that's the thing that i've seen a lot of films do is get their humor way off what it should be and I wouldn't say you can't make light of anything. There's, there's probably not anything out there that you can't like make a okay, joke okay. about. Well, let me let me rephrase. What this film is aiming to do, it's not going for the lighthearted, tongue-in-cheek look. It is. Yeah. It's still wanting to be a drama, but it's wanting to have the fourth wall breakages, the speaking to camera, the z- total zoom in, the yeah. pause frame, and somebody explains something. You, for me, you just couldn't. You couldn't do it both ways. You can't have the yeah, serious yeah, drama yeah. and the serious allegations while still doing that yeah. style. And it, it sounds like they're getting their target at the joke wrong as well. Because when you're making jokes, this is my big failure often. You got to wonder who you're laughing with and who you're laughing at. And very often, films get the wrong target. We always, we sometimes end up laughing at the victim or laughing with the perpetrator rather than laughing at the perpetrator, like stuff like that. The other accusation, and I've read this uh, in the aftermath of seeing Bombshell, 
is that they actually only scratched the surface of, ro- of what ro- Roger Ailes actually did. Right. And um, certainly what he was accused of. Because, okay, while some of the film is accurate, there are parts where, for example, after the fact, Gretchen Carlson and Megyn Kelly both said that they went easy on him. The filmmakers went easy on him. Right. When they really shouldn't do that. Yeah. Okay, James, you've got one more thing to review. So do I. Let's hear it. All right. Let me tell you about Narcos. Remember that TV show? Y- yes. Well, they made it again, but this time in Mexico. Why? Because it's a, more drug lords to tell the story of, and it was popular, so they tried to do it again. And are they expanding the drug universe? They've ex- well, it's real life, so they're they're exploring the drug universe. I would say. Okay. <laughs> the the already established drug universe has been has had some more light shed on it, which I suppose light is in quotations because all of these stories are pretty well known. Um, but we're just following the story of of how the Mexican cartel kind of, or the main one, kind of developed in the beginning from um, weed farmers through to cocaine traffickers and all that. Okay, so have you, have you finished the first season? I finished the first season of Narcos Mexico. I believe there's another one coming out sometime. Okay, um, what are your thoughts? It's like it's exactly what you'd expect. I saw Narcos; it was all right. And this was also all right. They do the characters justice, probably. They're accurate to the story enough to be satisfying. Um, And because it's set in real life, um, you're sometimes questioning how accurate things are and aren't. But overall, I think they do the world a bit of justice with it. Um, And they do, the the primary character does get, I reckon, um, well, well done, well acted and well written. And if okay. you know the story of what happened, then you won't feel rough about how they treated it in the in the TV show. Was there a need for them to make the show? Is there a need for anyone to make any shows? No, oh, no. Okay, this let me rephrase. This is the question that keeps me up at night. <laughs> let me rephrase. They made the original Narcos. Why make a spin-off? Well, they wanted to keep the money flowing in, much like the drug lords themselves. Netflix just wants to keep <laughs> their product flowing. Um, to keep our addicted minds entertained and stuck in their camp rather than going elsewhere to find our um, <laughs> our vice. Fair enough. Um, so they just made something that was successful, um, but they decided to do it with an, another story, and that's that's fine. Like, I I don't think it was necessary because it it's nothing like revolutionary or new. But I also think because they because what's the point in doing anything, James? Exactly. What is the point in doing anything? We just some sometimes you just want entertainment, and that's what you get. And I, like oftentimes with the TV shows, you get a wee surprise every now and then when they do a little bit of cinematography that is impressive. And uh, yeah. the show did that sometimes, or when they get a little character moment that makes you feel things. And the show did that sometimes. It was it was more genuine than some other shows I've seen recently. Okay, fair enough. Recommend I'm not going to say it. I recommend it. I'm not saying it's a 10. I, re- I reckon if you've got some crafting activities to do and you know Spanish without reading subtitles, this is a show for you when you're doing your crafting activities. <laughs> Ideally. Okay, so if there's any Spaniards who like crocheting, Yeah. then this, this is your show. Yeah, get your this crochets is your out show. and do your crochets while watching Drug Lords in okay. Mexico. Awesome. Uh, let me tell you about my final... Uh, film that I saw in the last week, and it is Marriage Story. Now this I almost watched is that this up week, to be fair. for what was that? I almost watched that this week. Okay, you almost watched it and decided decided you had better things to do. I put it on the list. 
this is uh, this is up for Best Actor for Adam Driver, Best Actress for Scarlett Johansson, and a couple others. It was also up for several Golden Globes and missed out on most of them. The f- this, I would say, I'll start by saying this. I don't think I've seen a film like this because it is going into the 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 real details of a couple separating and divorcing. Yeah, that perhaps any prior film, which would largely focus on the courtroom tussle, actually goes into. Right. It has two committed performances, and that's what a caps lock and underlined. From yeah, both, capital K on committed. Absolutely, from Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, both of whom are brilliant in this. And you know what? I would I would happily see either of them win. I don't think either of them will, but they are they've earned their place there. They're they're both brilliant. Adam Driver, in my eyes, is one of the most talented actors working today. Also, seemingly a genuinely lovely person. Well, here's something else. He also hates. Like, he has a phobia of listening to himself back. He, he walked out of an interview with KPR uh, last week, or just the week before last, because they played a clip of him from the film oh, heard in which he starts singing. And he walked out because he just can't handle it, which I thought was really, really interesting. Oh, wow. well, uh, how does he do previews? Does he just walk down the red carpet and then leave? <laughs> well, no, he just, well, so, for example, he said that he's... He's never watched any of his films back, and he sat in the green room during the premieres of the most recent Star Wars. Right. That answers my question um, in a non-funny way. That is very real. What a guy! Yeah, no, seriously, like seriously, it's it's a real thing. He's an interesting lad. There's there's sorry, there's one more uh, Oscar nomination I missed out. Laura Dern, third time she's been nominated. She gets nominated here for her role as Scarlett Johansson's lawyer. She is very good. I don't think she'll win, but she's very good. Right. I would not rush out to see this it is over two hours long mm-hmm. and because it is just telling a story of a couple separating and divorcing it lacks any urgency or plot devices or macguffins or any any sort of motivation it's got none of the tricks it's got none of them hollywood tricks right so so obviously a film like 1917 jojo rabbit the irishman is telling a compelling story yeah it is completely up to you when you're watching this film whether or not you think it's compelling. I did because I was invested in the characters. Yeah. But at the end of it, was I any better for watching it? No. If anything, it just made me a bit sad. Oh, wow. Because 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 you're seeing these these two characters at the start of the film at their best, mm-hmm. and then you see them unravel, and you see the things they say to each other and the things that's said about them by their lawyers and the way that they're constantly undermining each other and the ways that the lawyers are picking holes and, you know, turning molehills into mountains. Yeah. And it at the end of the film, okay, it offers you a glimmer of hope, but at the same time, it's just like, uh, I, I, feel, I feel sadder now that I've watched this. Well, you also have to remember that these films, these character-driven films or stories or anything... Um, often help people unpack things about their own lives. Well, exactly. And maybe you just don't have that yet. So I'll, I'll 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 give them that. In terms of as I said as I said at the start, it gets into details which I have never seen a film address before. Yeah, its strength is in its writing. Yeah, it's in its dialogue. It's got some of the best scripting and dialogue I've I've seen all year, and it's it has its funny moments, but it's not designed to be laugh out loud funny. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a drama, but it's 
entertaining at times simply because of the strength of the writing. Laura Dern's character has some excellent lines. You've got Ray Liotta, who is better known for his uh, mob and crime thrillers, playing a slimy, sleazy lawyer who's also excellent. Mm -hmm. So if you want to see a great cast acting really well in a story which is well-scripted, but ultimately very, very sad, then yeah, watch Marriage Story. And uh, you know what? It's one of these films where all of its nominations are richly deserved. I don't think it will win anything, but well done. It's it's the kind of film which I I applaud Netflix for for going ahead and making. Can Scary, can she win both awards? On paper. So she's nominated for, for Best Actress for Marriage Story and Best Supporting Actress for Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. I've never really thought about this. Yes, she, well, Can you just win both? Yes, the short answer is yes, you can. That just feels weird. Like the It other, feels okay when a director wins a whole slate of things, but it feels kind of weird if an actor wins a whole slate of things. Can I also point out, point out just at this point that um, the SAG Awards were last night, which is another precursor to the I Oscars, saying, yeah. and the biggest prize of the night went to Parasite, which is the South Korean Ooh. film. By Bong Joon-ho. It feels so good. I saw that I saw that Joaquin won a thing as well. So I saw Joaquin Phoenix's speech. If you've not seen it, I would urge you to go and to go and watch it. He talks about how uh, you know he's his fellow nominees. So that is Taron Edgerton, Adam Driver, Christian Bale, and, and Leonardo DiCaprio. And in turn, he talks about each of them. And Leonardo, you know, he starts with by being very sincere, and but then he goes, takes it back to his childhood and how he was always losing out to roles to this guy called Leonardo. <laughs> he's like, who is this kid? I hate him. <laughs> and then he goes on to talk about Christian Bale, and he's like, Christian, you commit to your roles in, in ways that I can only dream of, and, you know, you always turn in a, a good performance. I'm just internally thinking, just just suck once. Just be, just do rubbish. It's really endearing. And I watched it thinking, actually, he comes across so well. No, yeah. I, for, for me, Joaquin Phoenix has best actor in the bag. Oh, nice. All right. And he seems like a good guy. Like, I, when I was younger, I always thought he was a bit creepy and whatnot. But I think that yeah. was just because of the media. <laughs> BJ, I remember a couple of stories would, would come out about how he was a bit of a recluse and all that. And how that's just creepy. Only creeps are recluses. And no, it just he just seems genuine. And then there was another. There was who, Brad Pitt made a bunch of jokes, or at least one joke about Tarantino and his love for feet. And I think that should always be remembered. How we are watching a part of his fetish life whenever we watch one of his films. To answer your question about actresses or actors who have won, who have been nominated in two roles. Nobody has won both. Ooh. They've either won one or none. Ooh. But this isn't, you know, you're going back to 1938, but in terms of recent memory, Sigourney Weaver got two, Al Pacino got two, Holly Hunter, Emma Thompson, Julianne Moore, Jimmy Fox, Kate Blanchett. She was the most recent one uh, for I'm Not There and Elizabeth the Golden Age, which was 2007. Right, and she lost that. both of them. <laughs> So the uh, the standard isn't isn't great for the the precedent. Not looking great for for Scary Scary. It's not looking great for ScarJo. I reckon she'll win. I do believe she'll win Jojo Rabbit. Ooh. Okay, James. We've talked enough about uh, reviews. Let's, There's a lot of reviews. There is. Let's let's actually talk about some news first before we go. We delve back into the world of entertainment. That's, I, I uh, reckon we've probably missed some massive news thing. <laughs> and we've got no idea. And someone's just going to tweet us. Hey, why didn't you talk about this global catastrophe? It's going to be oh. 
Well, let's let's just start with the the Royals. We touched on this last week. Harry and Meghan, there's been more fallout uh, since last week, but the main news being the Queen had accepted the fact that uh, they were going to step back. They're no longer going to use their Her Royal Highness or His Royal Highness titles. They're no no longer going to have the titles. They're going to lose 5% of their income. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's, uh, that's big. (laughs) <laughs> and um, speaking at a a, uh, a charity gig, Prince Harry said there was no other option, and he's taking a leap of faith in stepping back from being a senior royal. Um, yeah. So he said he had hoped to continue serving the Queen, but unfortunately, it just was not possible. Yeah. Uh, the the other news today, just before you, I ask you for your views here, is they're threatening legal action against the paparazzi because. The, the photos were published today on the Mail Online oh, right, with yeah. Megan with her kids with her dogs. You got snuck up, and on. clearly the paparazzi are like hiding in bushes. Yeah, it's creepy. And using long lenses, and I'm like, okay, I know they're in the public spotlight, but there is a line. You have to, yeah. at some point, say this is harassment. I mean, it is the pap in general. As someone super famous, um, now the paparazzi in general. Speaking just make as me, a famous make me person, internally cringe when I think about the existence of that as a job. Now I'm not saying people who can take good pictures shouldn't exist. I'm saying that we should respect people's privacy and we should take pictures when they have given us the um, permission to. Yeah, absolutely. And like unless you're doing some expose on something that needs to be known by the public. Like there has to be boundaries here, and it makes sense. They're no longer going to be the royals; they can just take people to court for, for getting invasive. True. Uh, any further comment on Harry and Meghan, or do you believe this, the storm is over? As someone broke down or went to dig up a bunch of headlines from different papers, um, comparing what the headline said about Meghan and oh wait, what's the other one called? Kate. Meghan and Kate. Um, so they were comparing. When Megan and Kate did the same thing, what the newspapers reported it as, and I can—I've seen I, this. Yeah, I can really see why why Megan's feeling rough. Yeah, it's like, pretty hard, there, isn't there it? is some underlying dirt that's making this happen, and it has to be racism. There's no much else about it, or yep. some form of classism or something, because she's not she's not from round here. Not from round. Like, it's just it was it was it was shameful, and it's the same papers. It's not like they were getting a different paper for each headline. We're comparing the same takes from the same writers about two people doing the same things. And one of them is being painted as like this beacon of hope and light in the world. And the other one's like this villain. How can you associate themselves with this action? She is the worst for doing this. It's so disgusting. It's like, no, no wonder they want to get out the spotlight and leave the country. Okay, well, talking off the spotlights, uh, the President of the United States is firmly under it. The impeachment trial starts this week. Yeah. Uh, the Republicans are currently blocking any witnesses from appearing. Uh, yeah, it's going to last like 20 minutes. Yeah, who, I don't really know what's going to happen. I presume that he'll just get off scot-free and that'll be that. Yeah, they'll just they'll just give him the old acquittal. In lieu of him being there, he uh, Donald Trump arrived at Davos for the World Economic Forum, which happens uh, every year. <laughs> He's given a speech. Flies their private jets to a place and then complains about the environment. Absolutely. For a while. So he's he's given a speech uh, decrying the climate prophets of doom, and uh, so obviously sustainability is the main <laughs> theme of this conference. <laughs> we need to be more positive, everyone. And he's called for a rejection of predictions of the apocalypse. 
and uh, said the Americans, America would defend its economy. Now, uh, Mr. Trump did not directly name Greta Thunberg, but she was in the audience. James. I mean, like, he's not actually lying, though. America will defend its economy. It's as disgusting a system as capitalism is, and as much as it allows people to be selfish and hoard the majority of the world's resources and wealth unused and unmoving, just sitting about doing nothing, as soon as climate change becomes a danger to people's profits, they will start taking action. So he is not lying. America and all the other nations and all the big businesses, they will start caring about the climate as soon as it hurts their pocket. Well, talking but that will be that will be a bit later than I'm comfortable with because yeah, that will be too late for most of the poor people. Yeah. Did you see Coca-Cola's uh, head of sustainability said <laughs> they're going to keep on using those people, plastic bottles because plastic. apparently customers like plastic. Yeah, and they do. And this is another issue of capitalism and the free market and all this nonsense is we get told over and over again. It's all about giving people the choice to do what they think is the right thing. But people are dumb. We're seeing reports coming out that people tr- that are trying to live an environmentally friendly life by like choosing different plastics and by like, getting glass bottles of milk instead of plastic ones and all these little choices we can make as individuals the majority of those choices are worse for the environment than the original one so because glass is harder to transport yeah uh, because the recycling materials aren't getting recycled properly and it takes longer and more money to make them and it cost fumes and energy to reprocess so, them. So would you say Coca-Cola's uh, head of sustainability has a point? Because she does say glass would actually increase our carbon footprint. It would. And maybe we want plastic. That's the problem, is if you leave it up to the individual to change things, they'll make the wrong call. But if you regulate and you say, hey, here's your target for your carbon footprint, if you don't meet it, you're getting taxed, the businesses will meet it. Yeah, they just will. So they're not trying. They're trying to say that they have to choose between glass and plastic, but they don't. They can. They can. They can innovate. They can do anything to try and solve this, rather than just say, "Do people still want plastic?" They can. They can show that they are trying to find solutions to this problem, and they don't really show that. It's, it's usually just we're using recycled plastic now, and then when that gets used, we send it off to a poor country to hoard in a stockpile. Okay, uh, we are. Again, massively over time. Let's wrap up with a couple more entertainment-related news. Uh, in something I did not see coming, this year's James Bond film, No Time to Die, the theme song is being recorded by Billie Eilish, who is the 18-year-old bad guy singer. Phenomenon. James, thoughts on this? Yeah, it's a theme song. I'm sure it'll be really exciting. Right, here's, here's the thing. Because I know that this happens all the time. The powers that be of James Bond, Barbara Broccoli and co, yeah. will choose a musician, artist, singer who is hot at the time of recording. Hence why yeah. Sam Smith yeah. did writing on the wall for Spectre. Hence why Adele yeah. did Skyfall. Because they Similarly, were... hence why Ed Sheeran did anything to do with Lord of the Rings. <laughs> exactly. Um, because they were what was hip, what was hot, what was, what was happening. So yeah. it's not actually, when I think about it, it's not actually that much of a surprise that Billie no, Eilish has been not. asked to do it. No. I'm just... She's a female voice. I am... And Bond's always going to have female singers. Apart from Sam Smith. Who sounds like a female singer. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm genuinely... If Sam Smith ha- didn't have, like, an upper register male voice, wouldn't have been but, chosen for Bond because that's just so formulaic. But here, here's my question, or here's my 
posit. It's not even the word. I don't know. Here's what I'm going to say. Billie Eilish, in terms of soprano female singer, is as far from that archetype as can be. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not going to be Adele. You know, she she delivers bad guy in essentially the pitch I'm talking at now. And yeah. it's different. It stands out. She is absolutely, for me, okay, great. Choose her. Do it. I just, I'm very interested to see how this turns out. This, yeah, so if she gets the creative freedom to do stuff, it could be interesting. Like when we got the leaked Radiohead version of what they were supposed to be, it felt different. But if the studio just gets involved in like controlling what the music sounds like, it's just going to sound like a, a Bond theme. Well, I presume it's going to be Bond theme by committee. They're not just going to be like, hey, Billy and your yeah. brother who does your producing, go and record a Bond theme and come back to us. Great. It will be, it'll be a Bond theme, but she'll get to do her little like auto-tune vocal drop with the with the trem the trem effect on it we're gonna get a tremolo vocal at one point in the song and it's gonna be like, oh yeah that's billy sorry i just did two enormous sneezes off mic uh, i missed that last point i sneezed so loudly i i don't know how much you missed i was just making a joke about billy's tremolo okay. voice uh yeah i'm looking forward to actually i'll, I'll be very interested to see how it turns it out it could be i believe we'll probably hear that a few days before the film comes out yeah I mean, yeah, no, it could be interesting, but it's just, I think, I think a lot of films and a lot of TV has more recently become far more lazy with their soundtrack usage because they've realized that just sticking in a popular song works. So rather than trying to find one that fits the theme or find one that adds to the piece, it's just like, let's get a popular song so we can add it to the soundtrack and then sell more things. Okay, James, one final story for you. Uh, Disney have cut the word Fox from 20th century Fox. Yeah, to... To distance themselves from Fox themselves from fox tv yeah from the operations of the previous owner rupert murdoch yeah because disney didn't manage to buy everything about so, fox so so they're saying that they're doing it to distance yes yeah, so they've not clarified the reasons they, they they bought the studio and its other media yeah. ops in march last march in a 71 billion dollar yeah, deal searchlight as well as under the disney banner. now of course uh, you'll be familiar with the 20th century fox title card uh, that yeah, was a, yeah. that was me doing dim, an impression dim. of the 20th Century Fox theme. Dim, dim. It, it's it has respon- It's been responsible for Avatar, for Titanic. I suspect. But yeah, no, 20th Century Fox has some big titles under it. Oh yeah, absolutely. So okay, fair enough. It's maybe an image thing. Maybe they just want to rebrand it, make sure it's very clear it's theirs. Seems like a sensible move to me. It's a, it's a wee bit of a shame, um, because Fox, who the Fox is named after the dude is like the reason that films are films right now. Yeah. He he was one of the original innovators, one of the original studio founders, did a whole bunch of tech innovations, did a whole bunch of film innovations, and then kind of disappeared because he got hostile takeover, went to prison, and people in prison aren't allowed jobs anymore. Um, And Epstein was murdered. Yeah, Epstein was also murdered. Um, So it's a bit of a shame to see this like final little tie-in to that dude and his legacy disappear because he doesn't have much of his legacy anymore. He he died not having his business. He and um, Disney kind of dismissing it without really paying it any respect shows the same kind of takeover that Disney has done for almost everything but Marvel, but and almost including Marvel. Yeah, is this dismissal of everything that was. And trying to corporatize everything that now is, and it, and it, I think Disney taking things over hasn't really worked in general yet. So I'm worried to see about if this will work, and I 
I'm trying to be optimist, optimistic about it because they have done a good job of Marvel, relatively good job of Marvel. But the more I see of Disney's attempted takeovers of things and the more I remember of their previous attempted takeovers, I don't know. I don't really trust them to do a good job of anything. Okay, James, it's only apt that as we end this episode, we talk about the end of BoJack Horseman. The final <gasps> season, or the final half of the final season, has a trailer. Yeah. Have you watched it? I haven't watched the, the half yet. I was waiting for it to be a fool. Okay. Uh, oh, that's, that's smart, actually. Right. Well, the teaser itself, I'll, I'll insert a clip here. I've made a lot of mistakes. But I look back at that other BoJack, and I think... Who is that? I've had a lot of what I thought were rock bottoms, only to discover another rockier bottom underneath. I used to feel like my whole life was an acting job, doing an impression of the people I saw on television, which was just the projection of a bunch of equally screwed up writers and actors. I felt like a Xerox of a Xerox of a person. But not anymore? Uh, did you watch the clip? Did you watch the teaser? Yeah. Right. What do you think of that? It looks like Bojack. Yeah. That's. That, I mean, that's all I can really say about Slightly it. Slightly grown up Bojack. It doesn't. It doesn't delve into anything you saw in the previous half season, which is good because I thought they were just going to jump in with a, a big spoiler, but they didn't. Yeah. Uh, they've just kept it feeling like it is. It is very sad that the show is ending. I do stand by the fact that it is one of the best shows on TV right now mm-hmm. uh, with some in- superb portrayals of mental health, of sexuality, of uh, alcohol, of abuse, of everything. Of like Basically, all the vices and problems that it's kind of explored inside. Uh, yeah, so, so it's very sad to see it go, but... Um, I am confident it will end in the same vein as the the preceding five seasons. Yeah, no, I hope they end it well. Like they've been doing a good job. They're saying that they're getting cut off a bit early, but I think if you finish a thing still good, that's an achievement. So I reckon they're on track to do that. Finish it right, well. James, we are approaching the hour mark. Remind us how people get in touch. Also finishing well in the world of TV is Watchmen, by the way. Oh really? Yeah. One season and done, and everybody's saying it's because they went too woke and too female power led and all that. But no, it was just that is was it, the plan. Is, all is along. it not getting renewed? Well, that was the plan. The dude, oh man, Lindoff or whatever his name is. I can never get this one right. It is, it is on my list of shows to watch. I'm gonna have to really fly through it. Now. Yeah, no, the yeah. So the show, the showrunner, he was happy with it. He thinks he he got his he got his show done. He did the script he wanted, and he wants out. And then HBO, being the good guys they are, are like, well, okay then. Instead of going. We'll just like make another couple anyway because it's profitable. Fair enough. Because sometimes they do a good job. Okay, well, more more on that in future. James, yeah. how do people get in touch? Please tweet us to tell us the big news piece that we missed out. Like maybe the protests in Iraq and Iran we should have talked on. Who knows? And we'll find out when you tweet us at Seesaw Parade or our individual Twitters. Mine's at Fair James and Colin's is Colin underscore Stone underscore. Correct. Uh, you can also email us a long form you could you could talk about all kinds of things in an email there is limitless space and send that email to seesawparade at gmail.com if you have enjoyed hearing my cat yell at us in the background this whole episode I have please let let, let us know because she is now the most commonly occurring guest on the show I have just been reading about that that Watchmen decision that's nice of HBO actually genuinely yeah no it's the same thing that was the downfall of Game of Thrones though because they listened to the showrunners there when they shouldn't have so they said because of the show's success it wasn't cancelled rather the network have accepted the creative team's decision not to continue yeah so they said 
it would be hard to imagine continu- continuing the show without Damon's involvement. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Well, that's kind of... Yeah, so HBO have a pretty good track record of listening to showrunners, which is, in this case, proving good, but in Game of Thrones' case, proving real bad. Right, okay. Interesting. Well, I'm going to have to watch that series now, am I? Yeah. Add it to the list of box sets I literally have in front of me, including True Detective, which I still haven't watched. Ah, James, okay, that's going to have to wait for another show. Thank you very much. Please do get in touch. Hope you enjoy the show. James, I'll see you next week. Yeah, see you, Colin. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Zelda, for yelling. Goodbye. (laughs) Okay, goodbye, Greta, I guess. We didn't really talk about anyone.